he's never seen me fight live. He, he, his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be, I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. And you're going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely, but he says he's going to split him. Um, he's a Sound of He's all right, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money in fair, he just jacked up him walking all the taps loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Good afternoon, everybody. 20 past four here in, uh, Sean, first of all, what's the story? No leaving cert weather in Loud. What about Limerick? Oh, there's a bit here right now. It's warm enough. Um, it's 15 degrees, sunny. It's a bit cloudy, but it's nice enough. Uh, well, my phone's off, so I can't check the temperature. Yeah. <laughs> You're not leaving cert starting today. I'm shitting myself, thinking Sylvia Plata come up. Wasn't prepared for her. First of all, <laughs> let's get it out of the way. Best of luck if to anybody listening that is doing exams in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, four years to the day since I started my leave insert exam. Mine is nine years. Nine years. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What did you get in your leave insert? Three ninety. I got four twenty. I think. Did you? Good man. Yeah. But I, I only uh, needed like I only needed like three sixty because I was doing arts and I just didn't give a shit. I knew yeah. I'd get it, so I just didn't try. To be honest, I didn't. Uh, I'm one of those dickheads as well that didn't really try and still got a pretty good, like 390 is a pretty good score. Yeah, it is. In yeah. my like, I think, and I I know it myself that I didn't work too hard. I also had the added benefit of doing music for the leaving cert, and 50% of that was practical, and Sweet. I'm uh, I was a dab hand on the I on the tinkle at tinkling the ivories. Back in the day, I uh, I must send you a Snapchat video of me tinkling the ivories. We'll we'll have to get you playing this into the podcast next week on the old piano. I'll uh, I might record something for it. I might I I'm I'm very good at playing Mr. Brightside by the Killers. Are you? Piano. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was that one sounds, of my uh, leaving cert pieces. That sounds like a new entry or a new exit. Yeah, maybe. me me playing it as recorded yeah. by Andrew McGahan. <laughs> I I'll I actually, I'll sing it and we can we can put them both together. I had a little bit of fame uh, going around the leaving cert as well. There was um there was a website around years ago for students. It was called allhonors.ie. Yeah. And it was uh it was like a blog for students to just, you know, talk about the leaving cert. And I was one of the bloggers on it. Oh, and right. do you know the way the Irish Times has a leaving cert diary? Yeah. Uh, I was asked to be that for 2011. Okay. So one of these girls uh, that works with the Irish Times had read the blog, got on to me. Um and then the editor, whoever he was, go fuck yourself, mate didn't like me and my problem was with writing that I'm sure you've seen from some of the draft Mm. articles from before and it's why I don't write anything Um, I write exactly the same way that I talk so there isn't a lot of form to it there isn't a lot of structure to it that's what the people in the Irish Times liked about it but the editor was like no can't have him in so I ended up uh, this is a you you may not have seen this but maybe some of our listeners would have seen the pages Around four years ago, there was a page that caught my attention on Facebook. It was a profile. It was called Emily Dickinson. So she was on the uh, she was on the course for the Leaving Cert in two thousand and eleven, and I took a notion. Then I set up a fake page called William Wordsworth, and uh, we were just putting. St- I had four and a half thousand friends on it within a week or two. Sean's just died, but I'm going to keep telling this story. I don't care whether he hears it or not. So um, I made a fake Facebook page called William Wordsworth. I had 4,000 odd friends on it. And um, 
Do you know what? I'm actually going to tell Sean to call me back. I'm going to tell this story myself. Um, and there was loads of us. There was like Prince Hamlet, uh, Ophelia from Hamlet, because they were on the course as well. And we all had this private group message going around, like saying, what will we post, stuff like that. And I can remember when Wordsworth didn't come up on the exam, um, I put up a status as soon as I left the exam saying, shit, what time is it? Because everyone was saying like, oh, who's going to show up for the exam? Who's going to show up for the exam? So even though I didn't become the Irish Times guest writer for the Leaving Cert Diary for 2011, um, the girl who did it spoke about how funny the William Wordsworth Facebook page and the Emily Dickinson Facebook pages were in one of her articles. So even though the Irish Times didn't like my poor form structure of writing and my bad grammar and language, fuck them anyway. I still made it into the Irish Times. I was still the hit of the Irish Times for that week. And then I revealed myself on that page to uh, a lot of friend requests and no one in my school knew it was me at the time. So it was a funny, I posted a picture of myself saying I am William Wordsworth. And I've been living off that Facebook fame ever since. Let's try recall Sean Sheehan. Here he is. He's back, and I stalled for an appropriate amount of time. I stalled, and now he's back. <laughs> you couldn't have stalled for that long. I did. I told the story about uh, my Facebook page during the leave insert, uh, William Wordsworth, when I set it up as a, as a, well, he was one of the poets on the course, and I had four and a half thousand friends on Facebook. Nice. That should be exciting. You'll have to listen back and hear the story. I will. My fucking. I had my laptop. I had my laptop plugged in, with the batteries and shit in it. But I had never flicked the switch in the wall. It was off. Oh, so I went dead. Disaster. Well, then, I I was expecting you to try ring me, so I'm just going to turn my phone back off, so we don't have any more interruptions. Yeah, I yeah. What's after you? then I didn't yeah. get. I will get it afterwards. Sean, what are we going to talk about first? How oh, nobody goes to a UFC in Brazil, or how Norman Park was robbed blind. Uh, or something else you pick let's go with Norman Park so we might as well it's the biggest it's the biggest news story of the week look I've had my say on it on Twitter I'll, I'll have my say again here what do you think do you think it was a pure robbery uh, yeah to be honest yeah. well uh, let's look at it this way you could say the karma gods were striking Irish MMA down considering Cahill Pendred got that decision in January in Boston um, you could say maybe Norman Park it's his own fault for not finishing fights you could say you go to Brazil like that you're going to have to put an absolute beat down on the local guy to get the decision there's a variety of things but in plain honesty there was mass outrage on Twitter I, like, I don't want to say outrage but there was a lot of grievance on Twitter and that's from the US media that were watching that fight saying Park was robbed Park won that fight I think Trinaldo came out recently and said he thought Park won the fight as well and that he didn't win the fight. I saw uh, Rodney Moore share that on Facebook today. So at the end of the day, he's, uh, he feels right to be aggravated. I think it comes down to the first round. And this is where MMA judging gets kind of uh, weird because do you judge someone on strikes or do you judge them on octagon control? Like I know if we asked Graham about this, he would tell us why the judges were wrong and how you can't judge on certain things even though people do judge on those things. But at the end of the day, it comes down to your preference. Are you Ben Cartledge as a judge that will give you a 10-8 round for holding someone up against the cage, being passive aggressive? Or are you another judge that will just uh, give, you the, give you the round for maybe landing more damage, maybe for two minutes of the fight, even though the other three minutes, for example, could have been Norman controlling the grappling? 
this like this fight was actually insanely easy to score. Like that first round, I watched I watched it three times now. See, I actually I watched it the one time live and three times since. <laughs> uh, Trinando lands six good power shots, maybe um maybe three or four of those were kicks to the body. Norman landed maybe three or four, and then he took him down three times and controlled him for over two minutes in grappling. Like two shots landed more by Trinaldo could cannot in any way equal or be greater than two minutes of control and three takedowns. Like it's just nonsense. Like and there's there's people people kinda get outraged like people have a right to be outraged about this decision because it was a joke, like it was a complete robbery. But people have are outraged about you calling it a robbery because they say it's a close fight. But like you have to call a spade a spade. You have to call it what it is. This was a joke. It was a real joke of a decision. Um, there's no way you can score that first round for Trinaldo. Like, I haven't seen one person, like one truly respected person, say that Trinaldo won that fight. Well, the Wrestling Observer scored that. I don't know if it was Dave Meltzer. I don't know who. <laughs> no, I don't. I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think Dave Meltzer would do that. But everyone else, and then we made decisions apart from apart from whoever that person was, scored it for Park. Um, like. You saw Jeremy Bonner coming out on Twitter um, saying it was a pure disgrace. Loads of other people did the same. Like, it was really, it was really an easy fight to to score. That first round, look, we know the second round, Trinaldo clearly won, uh, without a doubt. Third round, Park clearly won, without a doubt. The first round was closer, but Park, Park 100% won, won that round. No doubt in my mind about it. He got the three takedowns late in the round. The striking was even enough. Trinaldo maybe slightly won it, but not by that much. There's no way. Like, if if you're looking at that, okay, Trinaldo slightly won the striking. If you were just judging this round on striking alone, if it ended on like the three minute uh, mark, you'd probably just about give it to Trinaldo. That would be fair enough. But then Park had two whole minutes of dominance, three takedowns, pushed him against the fence, took him down, landed a bit of ground upon. He didn't land too much ground upon. But octagon control is scorable, and you have to score it. This is like I I can understand it. This is MMA we're talking about. This, <laughs> grappling is part of the sport. You have to be scored for it. What's like what's the point in doing it if you're not? And um, Norman said afterwards he he won't fight in Brazil again. Like you know I can't blame him. Why would you do that when you're going to get screwed? And like you made points there, which were our fair points that um. This is like karma, and this is you shouldn't the Brazilian judges and stuff. But that, sh like that's true, but it shouldn't be. It's an unfortunate. Like you should be able to go to the judges. This bullshit of you shouldn't leave it in the hands of the judges. You should be able to leave it in the hands of the judges. If you do enough of oh, yeah. fifteen minutes or twenty-five minutes to win a fight, they should give you the fight. That's not your job. Your job is to win the fight by any means necessary. If it's holding the guy down for fifteen minutes, or if it's knocking him out in one minute. The both are the same. Win's I, a win. I've lasted a full 11, well, 12 minutes now without mentioning the phrase jujitsu. But if you'll allow me to for one second. Go on. People talk about not leaving it in the hands of the judges, and I agree with you. Because when you've got two elite level guys fighting each other, it's not going to end in a finish. A lot of people were complaining yeah. about um, uh, in Gi Jiu Jitsu and the World Championships were this weekend that there's a serious lack of finishes. And there's really only two guys, uh, Buchecha and well this weekend Bernardo Faria who finish guys at this level because they are that much better than the others 
And you, you put two world-class black belts against each other. Rafael Mendez and Cobrinha fought each other in the final of the black belt featherweight division this weekend. It ended 6-0 to Rafael Mendez, and it was a complete whitewash for Mendez. And I know that might sound like nothing. He's not going to submit him because he is as good as the other competitor. Does that make sense? Like you, yeah, can't, you can't expect finish after finish after finish at such a high level. The same way you can't... I don't like when Dana says don't leave it in the hands of the judges because you're going to have to. Like if this guy is as good as you or maybe he's equal as you in some areas, you're not going to go out and completely piss through him or knock him out so easily. Yeah. Uh, like I think GSP had that problem as well for a, lot, a long time. Like GSP was fighting some great guys along the way and like he made him look not so great because he, be- he beat him so easily. But it's not so easy to finish. Like, look at Johnny Hendricks as well. He was beating the shit out of guys, knocking guys out in the first minute until he got up to the top elite level. And then, like, his last few fights, he hasn't uh, he hasn't finished anyone. Hold that thought, because we are going to have a welterweight discussion later on. After mm-hmm. your obnoxious comments about Carlos Condit in the severe <laughs> MMA WhatsApp uh, group. Which, by the way, I am a black belt at texting and driving. Would you agree? Yeah, well, you talk about driving. I like voice invite notes. notes, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was there was something else there. Yeah, just one last point in on Park as well. I have two. I have one as well. Go on, you go first, though. Is he in danger of getting cut if he loses his next fight? Surely, Maybe. the there's two there's two ways of looking at it. Norman Park, generally enough, puts on, in my opinion, exciting mixed martial arts fights. He's got good grappling. He is. Uh, in, I'm not going to say great stand up. But he has much improved stand-up, in my opinion, since he came into the UFC. You can see that he's been working on it a lot. Unfortunately, he just for whatever reason, he posted on his Facebook page, had an adrenaline dump, bit of a uh, lost all the energy in the second round and didn't get to show it. And talk about bad cornering from Eric Del Fiero going into the third round. you got to stand with this guy until one of you goes to sleep. No, you don't. Norman just came out in the third round and dug it dug really deep from whatever it was inside him he was obviously spent and he left everything in the cage in that third round he controlled the striking at the start he closed the distance got the takedown I was sure he was going to finish him from the back at some of those points it was maybe it was bad from Norman maybe it was the energy maybe it was Trinaldo uh, holding on or just last gasp but Norman really could have finished that fight I thought from the back yeah Um, my point about Norman is I don't think he has improved an awful lot. Like, his striking is a bit better than it was when he started, but I really, like, people are expecting him to push on an awful lot more than he has, and I don't think he really has. I think he's he's pretty much the same fighter as he was when he came into the UFC. Um, I don't think, he, you probably know better than me, but I don't think he's been in alliance for the last few camps, has he? Maybe the yeah. last three camps? Which, I think that might be a bit of a problem. Like, when he's training, I know that the Next Generation is a great gym as well, but, like, Lions is one of the top gyms in the world. Well, you saw it when he was there. He was improving an awful lot. And he's striking, as you said, has improved a bit since he started in the UFC. But I think around that, after that Leonardo Santos fight, um, when he fought in Dublin after that, I don't think he's improved an awful lot since that. Uh, he has improved an awful lot since then. And I think he was talking about going back out to Lions this summer. And, uh, yeah, I think that would probably be a good um, a good decision for him. Because, like, his game has kind of stagnated a small bit, maybe. He's striking at the weekend. It was hard to tell in that fight, to be fair to him, to be fair to Norman, because Trinaldo, when I was writing my preview last week, what he does is he really loads up on that left hand, and that's really all he, he can throw, and he's powering that left hand. He doesn't really try it again. So Norman was really covering up, watching out for that left hand. He didn't want to get hit by it. So he 
he didn't want to open up with his striking too much, which is fair enough. Like that's part of the game plan. It's it's not a skill thing really. But if you are fighting a guy like that who's very one dimensional, you kind of you should be taking him on in that kind of realm rather than just being defensive against him. Like you should be trying to implement your game plan against him if you're good enough. And like I think if Norman could improve his striking a bit and take on guys like that, I think he'd have a lot better chance. I think he'd finish more fights, and uh, I think he'd, he wouldn't be getting these losses. Um, the thing about Norman is, as well, output is a big thing in MMA these days. Geraldo didn't have much output, but Norman didn't have much output either. And like when you're getting judged and when you go to the decision a lot, that's a big thing. But obviously, he obviously won this fight, but going forward, that, that's another issue. Um, but yeah... Hopefully he'll get back out to Alliance and he'll uh, he'll get his improvements going again. Because I really, like we spoke about it last week, we were talking that he could be a top 15 fighter. He could be getting in those rankings. But like he's two, he lost two in the bounce now. I don't think he'll get caught. Even if he loses another one, I don't think he'll get caught. He'll probably get a chance to fight in UFC Dublin if if, uh, if they come back later in the year. And uh, he'll, he'll probably get a win there. But yeah, last weekend he won that fight. No, no doubt about it. He won that fight, and it's a shame because he could be starting off going back to Alliance and starting off his improvements on a win, and he could be going on the streak here. But instead, it's kind of it's uh, uh, yeah, starting so off on, yeah on, on a negative. Uh, Did you see on a negative beginning? The article uh, on MMA fighting the other day, Frank Edgar talk or Uriah Faber talking about the Frank Edgar fight. He said yeah. pretty much what you said there about output. He said the yeah. reason that he thinks Edgar won the fight so convincingly was because he was doing more but not really doing more he was seen to have been doing more and hold him up against the cage now aside from the fact that Uriah Faber didn't win a single round in that fight and he's a bit gone in the head for thinking that he did win any yeah. of those like you could make a case for the first maybe but no other round in that fight did Uriah Faber win or even come close to winning I think it was Frankie all day every day I think MMA decisions pretty much everyone had it 50-45 Frankie Edgar uh, Graham from Severa May's favourite score in history <laughs> Frankie <laughs> Edgar um, versus BJ Penn but I do think for Norman when we're talking about getting caught I don't think he's a danger of it but then on the opposite side someone's telling me like maybe he's not that exciting of a fighter maybe a casual fan isn't going to tune in to see Norman Park uh, a UFC career littered with decision wins and losses may not help him when he goes if he goes 0-3 for my for my money's worth, I think he's safe. I do think he will get himself together. And as I said previously in the podcast, I don't think he will ever fight outside of the UFC. I think his level is good enough to be able to get these wins. I know Andy Young is talking about heading out to the States for a little bit of training, his uh, next generation teammate. Um, more on Andy Young later on in this pad- podcast, to be fair. Um, hopefully, as you said, he can get out there for whatever. I don't know what the reason is that he's been over here. Maybe it's a money issue, um, maybe it's a personal family issue, we don't know. Hopefully Norman, though, can uh, get out there. But I was just, Eric Del Fierro, that coaching in the third round, uh, I'm glad he went with Rodney Moore's advice over Eric's anyway. Yeah, I think his thinking was probably that he was going to get robbed as well. Like, you can't criticise it too much. I suppose to, you can criticise him telling him to go and knock his head off when he probably should have been gone out and tried to finish him with the grappling, because that that's where he got his most success. Which Norman did in the end, and he nearly did finish him. But um, yeah, <laughs> you, 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 corner advice like that is, I don't know. 
not great. When you, when you have a guy like Norman, like Norman has a lot of good things, but I don't think knocking guys out with power is one of them. Like he's a lot of submissions in his uh, in his arsenal. Like I would have been telling him to take him down and get on top of him. Um, Ronaldo has been dangerous in his other fights, but I don't think he was that dangerous when Norman took him down in this fight at all. Um, his defensive jiu-jitsu, as you talk about it often on this podcast, his defensive jiu-jitsu was unbelievably good. Like I thought Norman had him a couple of times, but he did really well to defend in Ronaldo that round. Was trying one submission in fairness to him. Uh, <coughs> he when Norman was going to pass his half guard a few times, Ronaldo was kind of letting his legs go and he was trying to get into a deep half probably to roll into a knee bar sort of position but Norman is just too heavy on top too more experienced in that position whether it's from a judo background judo hips judo base yeah, you know um, Norman was able to nullify that as well and I thought that was the only sort of offence Ronaldo was banking on and that was from rolling under to try grab a leg yeah okay yeah. we'll move on to the rest of the card um is there anything else that stood out to you apart from the main event? How many of these fights did you watch? Let's come on, be honest here now. Well, from uh, from whenever I got home and I was WhatsApping you, I saw oh, from there on. Halfway through the main event? No, no. I was watching. <laughs> yeah, I know the normal. Did I, watch, I watched Park's fight, definitely, because okay. I was sending irate voice messages, Jared. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Jimmo, that was a pretty boring fight. Yeah, I'll be honest. I missed most of that. Um, he should have taken. Like, he should have stayed on the ground said my testicles are too sore to continue and then it, he wouldn't have been criticised afterwards he would have been like you know that's an illegal shot fair enough next we'll get him back in instead he just took a beating yeah um, taking a point is really tough off a guy for an accident yeah but it's the scoring system rather than actually taking the points because if you take a guy a point off a guy he's probably not going to win the fight uh, but like there, sh- there needs to be there needs to be um something done about it whether it's take half a point or if you do it twice you take a point and that's it there's just like if it's an accident or whatever if you do an accident twice kick a guy or eye poke a guy twice take a point and that's it I'd be probably in favour of that like everyone can have an accident once but if you do it twice it's like bullshit sometimes um, all you need to do as we saw at the weekend is to do it once what a game plan it is just go out try an inside leg kick purposely kick the guy in the nuts and that's him done and you can just you can feign accident like more fighters need to do it I know it sounds bad but I want to see more fighters going for deliberate <laughs> nut shots because they know they're going to get away with it yeah that's true but yeah, that was just a terrible fight um, the best fight of the night <coughs> was probably Charles Oliveira against Nick Lynn brilliant um, Oliveira is one of those guys that just he's so dangerous with his jiu-jitsu that he's going to he's going to stay in a fight and he's going to submit a guy like on the level of like Nick Lintz, Jeremy Stevens, that kind of guy. But when he gets to the top level, like I'm just looking at his record here, his last three losses are Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson, Donald Cerrone. I think he'd beat Cub Swanson if they fought again. <sighs> he might. Um, not sh- maybe. His striking is like not that good at all. Um, I don't know. I don't think he'll ever be an elite um, featherweight. I don't think he'll... Like if you fought Max Holloway, I don't think Max Holloway beat him. I don't think he'd have a chance against McGregor, Mendez, Edgar again, Aldo. I would not see him beating any of those. Getting near to him, um, Oliveira is—he's a good guy. Like Nick Lins, Nick Lins actually performed well. He did better than I thought he'd do. But do you want to hear a prediction? Go on. Conor McGregor versus Nick Lentz If Conor loses against Aldo, will headline UFC double. 
Uh, no, or I maybe don't. Dennis Bermudez. I think uh, Uriah Faber, maybe. Oh. Maybe. Yeah, but I don't know. Nick Lintz is. Crap. Nick Lintz is one of those guys. Like I was, I'm doing um, an article at the moment about Conor McGregor and uh, Jose Aldo, and I was looking back at all the wins, and Nick Lintz is one of those guys. <clears throat> that's been in the UFC for years. He's been in the UFC for like six years. Has he been there since the inception of the featherweight division? Uh, yeah, he was there before it. He was he fought at uh, lightweight. He oh. he made his debut at UFC one eight one oh three in two thousand and nine. One oh three. Yeah, two thousand nine. Jesus, he's that been there was, that long. Uh, that would have been around the time that I watched every single event in history. One oh one was Silva versus. One of three was yeah, Franklin versus Belfort. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's been there a long time. Uh, he, he's never gonna get. He's another guy that's never gonna get to the top. He what he isn't the moment. He's a gatekeeper. Like Conor McGregor should have been given a fight like him. Obviously the timing or whatever maybe it didn't make it. I know Marcel Bektic is in the same camp as him, but he's the type of guy that should be given Nicklin's. Um, given Nicklin's yet. Any up and coming guys given to him because like he's still he's still a good fighter. Don't get me wrong, but he's never ever going to get to the top. Um, there, and I don't think there's any point in giving him a guy like Cub Swanson or something because easy like, win for Cub. I uh, I wouldn't go that far now maybe, ah, but no. I don't know. Cub isn't as Cub isn't what he used to be either. But um, I'd like to see him in there against you know I don't know who, who else is coming up in the featherweight division. Um, all I can think of is Bektic but Bektic is really one of the really good ones I'd even love to see Bektic against um, against Oliveira I think, I think the winner Oliveira of Paul Redmond versus Robert Whiteford would be a good next fight for Nick Lentz I, I don't know I think they're uh, miles below his level at the moment like Nick Lentz is ranked number 9 <laughs> number Somehow. 9 like Paul Redmond and, and uh, Whiteford are probably non-ranked yeah, talk about the finish at the start I didn't think he was going to get it I thought he jumped guard too prematurely for the guillotine that the other hand wasn't going deep enough to connect it um, and it, w it was probably um, probably the role that put himself in danger whereas if he had have kept that position and then started stacking Oliviera down there could have been a chance that he had escaped but the way that Oliviera kind of swept him just good night he he's just so dangerous. Uh, once it hits the ground, or once he gets a hold of your neck like that, there's a much you can do. I don't think. Um, Lynch tried his best to get out, and he ended up. It was an amount of guillotine yeah. he ended up in. Yeah, and um, once you get an amount of guillotine against Charles Oliveira, there's there's no getting out of that really. He held on. And he held on. I think he was kind of trying to hold on for Oliveira's hands to get, um, to get tired and his arms to get tired. So he let go of the submission, but when you guys like that, I think you spoke about it maybe last week or two weeks ago. These guys, they kind of they keep cinching it up all the time, and it's it's more of a relaxed choke than them actually putting like muscling yeah. into it. And that's a like when you have a guy like Oliveira who's a submission expert, it's really hard, and it's, it's just going to get harder to get out of it. You're just trying to survive, and Linz couldn't survive. I, I wouldn't blame him too much for that. But uh, yeah, is it is it worth suggesting? that Charles Oliveira will go down with the most submission wins in UFC history. He's currently uh, tied with Uriah Faber for most submissions in the UFC WC featherweight division with five. 
Um, oh. He also earned his seventh submission win at the weekend. So that means he is now tied with Kenny Florian, Joe Lozon, and Jim Miller. And only Nick D- uh, Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz, I don't know which, Nate Diaz has eight, Frank oh. Mir has eight, and Hoist Gracie has ten. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility to assume that Charles Oliveira is going to submit three more UFC featherweights before he retires. Yeah, that's, and he's he's pretty young as well, isn't he? Um, 25? Yeah. yeah. He, he will pass Grace yet, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout. He probably will, in fairness. Yeah, and I think at the level he's fighting as well, this featherweight division is just, it's a really good division because what you have, if you look at middleweight, right, you have that... Jackery, Weidman, Rockhold. Uh, it's stacked those couple guys. as opposed yeah. to top heavy. Yeah, but in mid, yeah, in middleweight you have those five guys, and then you have Tim Borch, Dan Henderson, just crap like that underneath it. But in, in the featherweight division, you have the elite guys. But then under that, you have Lamas, Holloway, Swanson, Oliveira, Bermudez, Linz, uh Jeremy Stevens. Like those are all good guys. Those are all exciting fighters. Um, which is which is why it's uh, one of the strongest divisions in all the UFC. But uh, speaking of other strong divisions, welterweight. Go on, tell us about Carlos. How Condit. do you what hate you Carlos Condit so much? I don't hate Carlos you Condit. You do. Thirty wins in his career, twenty-eight finishes, fighting his entire career in the hardest division in MMA, the most stacked division in MMA, brutalizing guys. Lost to only the best fighters in the world. What's yeah. not to like about him? I know, I, I do like him. I do like him, but... Carlos Gondon is one of these... I'm going to buy you a new backpedaling so much. No, I'm not backpedaling. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the attack here now. Attack Carlos Gondon <laughs> is one of these guys that people love so much they don't really see his flaws. Like... Peter wrote an article there and, uh, about like he's on a collision course with Rory McDonald again, which he could be. That's fair enough. But like, I don't think Carlos Condit deserves the title shot. People are talking about title shots, and if you're fighting Rory McDonald, that is a title shot because he's going to beat Robbie Lawler. That just just fair enough. Um, Carlos Condit is two and three in his last five. He lost to Woodley. You're Hendrick. not going to count him hurting his knee as a loss. Well, you kind of have to. Oh, well, obviously it does on his record. He, he kicked him in the knee and he got injured and stuff. But yeah, whatever, fair enough. He, all he's beaten his last five are Thiago Alves and Martin Kapman. Uh, before that was Nick, Nick Diaz in the highly controversial fight. Then Dong Hyung Kim, Don Hardy, Dan Hardy, and but Rory McDonald before that. But Rory McDonald's beaten him and he won't let. Condit is one of these guys who's really exciting in the cage he's we see so often with fighters who are like stand on the outside like Leona Machida when he, when he has boring fights they kind of stand on the outside they pounce in with shots and they kind of win like a point fighter Karras Khan it's like a point fighter who is destructive when he hurts you like he has his style is so enjoyable to watch because mostly when, if you had a fighter like him 99% of the time he'd be happy to fight like he did against Nick Diaz where he just outpoints you outpoints you outpoints you all the time but at the weekend and in lots of other of these fights he goes on the attack when he doesn't really need to he puts himself in danger um, in 90 and, something other percent of his fights considering he's yeah, 28 yeah, finishes in all of them but <laughs> the, thing, the thing about it is when he comes up against guys like Hendricks or like GSP or like Woodley 
when he puts himself in that position, he's going to be taken down and he's going to be dominated. Um, his Can we just take down is terrible. ignore the Hendricks fight, considering yeah. there's a case to be made, in my opinion, from winning that fight. And if it hadn't even won. gone one more round, Johnny Hendricks was done, let alone two. If, if they fought again, all honesty, all piss taken aside, all I love Carlos Condit aside, if he fought Johnny Hendricks again, he would either finish him or absolutely smash him over five rounds. I do not oh. think no, I do not think Johnny Hendricks would have a chance against Condit over five rounds. Johnny I Hendricks is fading really badly in that fight. Really, really badly. And he got lucky that it was only a three round fight. That may be on the same level of my love for Carlos Condit as my equal disdain for Johnny Hendricks. It could be. <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll be fairly honest about that. But if you look at even at the weekend, um, something that I noticed mainly about, like, first of all, watching that fight with Alves, I thought, right, Alves is done. I thought he's not coming back out for that fight. He was out on his feet, going down to the, uh, going down to his corner. I thought that was pretty much it. Fair play to him though. He nearly shocked the world. Got a nice high elbow guillotine at one point for a second. I thought, oh fuck, this is actually on, and Condit was in a little bit of trouble. But uh, when it comes down to it, uh excellent use of lead hand fighting from Carlos Condit and I think that is something that he's added to his game and he's going to start using to beat some of the better guys in that division and it's probably going to be the reason in my opinion he becomes the champion if he does get his title shot similar to the way uh, Conor McGregor does oh well look do you not think he's going to be next for a title shot no I don't think so who's better it, it's these delusions of grandeur that like I don't like about Carlos Condit like I like everything about him but his fans are just they're so annoying, like Jesus. He's Let a good fighter. Let me go back like. to talking about how beautiful it was at the weekend when he <laughs> used elbows, lead, lead, yeah, lead hand fighting to set up standing elbows. J- probably something that came straight out of the uh, playbook of Winkle John after seeing how effective John Jones had used it in the last couple of years. It was I think abs- Brandon Gibson as well. Uh, exactly, uh, absolutely phenomenal. And I just think that the best thing about it was. Uh, the damage that he produces you see so many guys that land high volume strikes but haven't got much power behind them fair enough Carlos Condit may or may not have power in his hands that's why he uses elbows that's why he uses kicks All like such a diverse range of striking if he fought Robbie Lawler I think he'd beat Robbie Lawler uh, Rory McDonald could be a different story to be honest it's a completely different Rory McDonald from the one that he fought a couple of years ago and that would be the one fight that I wouldn't want to see Carlos Condit in. But I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be next for a title shot. Because he's only one way to fight win three. Who cares? Me. Who else? Who else are you gonna give that shot? <laughs> I don't know. Johnny <laughs> Hendricks. I wouldn't give it to Hendricks now, but Woodley when he comes back, maybe. Uh, yeah, Condit be okay. But like Woody he's not gonna be, he's, he's not gonna be any of the top guys. said that he wants Hendricks next. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, I, wait a second, Stephen Murphy, a message right during this podcast. I just happened to glance at podcast at Facebook. You should take a look at the debate going on on Norman Park's page below the Trinaldo post. I feel not one of them are open to a logical debate with me, including Norman. Take a look and see. Just my opinion, but I thought he lost that fight. Oh well, we're not going back no, on that, Stephen. Fuck sorry. that's all. No. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen, your post was looking good until you said normal. <laughs> That's bullshit. I can't uh, believe how many people haven't a clue like about that fight. That was clear as day. If, like, if you don't know about that fight, you need to fucking educate yourself more or something. Have a chat with someone. There's, like, there's no way in the world he lost that fight. Anyway, but my point about Carlos Condit, he's not going to beat any of the top guys. He's not going to be Rory McDonald. He's not going to be Johnny Hendricks. He's not going to be Woodley. 
Sorry, one of those I was just guys. replying to Stephen to tell him that he was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I like Carlos Condit. He's a great guy. He's brilliant to watch. Like, I'm a big fan of Wonderboy as well. He's brilliant to watch. I'd love to see the two of them fight. I think that would just be an unbelievable fight. But, like, he's, he has a kryptonite to wrestling. And, it, like, it didn't just disappear. He's been out for a year. It's not gone anywhere. Woodley took him down easily. Johnny Hendricks took him down easily. George St. Pierre took him down easily. I can't see how Rory McDonald wouldn't take him down. It'd be a good fight on defeat, but I think Rory is like Rory's a terrible matchup for him in the way Rory fights in defeat as well. But uh, yeah, like I'd love to see Condit get maybe two or three exciting fights. Wonderboy is one of them. If he beats Edinburgh, Matt Brown is another one. Um, maybe Benson Henderson. There's a, there's a couple of fun fights there for him. There's no need to rush him into a title shot. Even if you are giving Johnny Hendricks a title shot, look, just give it to him. Um, we have the title, the title fight coming up between uh, Rory McDonald and Robbie Lawler. If Robbie Lawler wins that, they're 100% doing that rematch with Johnny Hendricks because they want to do the, the third one. If Rory wins it, like Rory could ask for that fight against Carlos Condit because he lost him before. Do you think the UFC are that keen on Lawler Hendricks too? A three considering they scrapped it already once. What well, did it? Yeah, uh, they I, it I, because I, I think Johnny Hendricks is going to have to put boys in hospital for any chance to get that third fight. They scrapped it because Hendricks wanted to take another fight, uh, and they want to do it again because the first two did such good numbers. Mm. Like I think they did four hundred thousand or four hundred thousand pay per view boys. Went bigger, didn't it? Yeah, I think they're yeah maybe a little bit bigger. I think the second did four hundred, first one did three fifty or something. And in this current climate, for two like guys who aren't named guys, that's that's a very big good number. To do such um, good numbers, so, yeah, UFC one seven one did three hundred thousand, which was uh, Condit Woodley Hendricks Lawler, and one eight one did four hundred thousand. Yeah, so, so like, an improvement, and that only had, yeah, you could argue Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez could have upped that themselves but I do yeah. think even though that fight was on it um, a lot of people uh, were more excited for the Lawler Hendricks fight so are you definitely giving Condit a title shot or are you giving him someone else I just think Carlos Condit is um, he's been unlucky with the last couple of years that he's had I can't see why fair enough give him someone else if you want just to solidify the fact that he is back and maybe he wants to get a little bit of a uh, bit of ring rust out considering he's only fought three times since 2013 um, Condit was a guy who was always fairly active before that and liked getting in and out give him a day let's get him in let's get him up against someone else the only problem is Wonderboy what? Wonderboy oh no <laughs> you might lose that one <laughs> no no <laughs> no I do think Condit would win that as well but that's something as well that if you put him in against Wonderboy then you're Potentially knocking Wonder like Wonderboy is a guy who could be challenging for the belt with two wins. Two yeah, wins, because that division is so well open now, and you never know what could happen. Yeah, just before we move on to this weekend's card, Nicholas Dalby, Tom Breeze. Didn't see either of them, but well done. I have to, I do have to yeah. watch it back. Um, I was told Breeze looked fucking brilliant. He did, he did, but I wasn't expecting a knockout to come, and I like. When he's been out of the cage for so long, it's kind of hard to know what to expect. Uh, he was fighting fairly, fairly well, and he didn't look like he was going to finish the fight at any stage. He was kind of, he was kind of winning it. He was winning all the exchanges, and I thought, like, yeah, okay, he's going to ride this out. Maybe he takes him down and submits him or something like that. But then the, just the big punch came and he knocked him out, which I didn't, I wasn't sure if he had that or you know, when you get to this level, it's it's kind of a, it's a different story than 
even fighting, see, fighting in battle. He fought one fight back in Cage Warriors and all, but he was fighting in in Bama and some other organizations before that. After he was out for so long, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. And the Nicholas Albi fight as well. I thought that was a great fight. Um, people were kind of torn on it. I thought Albi did win it. Um, he impressed me an awful lot in the way that like this is his UFC debut. He's fighting a Brazilian in Brazil. And he looks so calm and composed in there. He look, and I think he has improved an awful lot. He's one of these guys that isn't, he isn't elite in any level. Like he's not like, he doesn't have like Gunnar Nelson type uh, grappling or like Conor McGregor type striking or something like that. But he's just, he's kind of a well-rounded guy. Uh, he's an athletic guy, and uh, like I'm, I'm very impressed with him. I think he can go a long way in that division. I spoke about it last week. Maybe he can get towards the, towards the top fifteen, top ten, and uh, I, I think, uh, I definitely think he can. But. The one from the weekend I spoke about him a while ago is Mirsad Bektic. He's yeah. just phenomenal. Does that show he, how how tough Paul Redden is? It definitely does. It definitely does. Considering was, how depleted yeah. he was. Exactly. Uh, Bektic is going to be fighting for a title in 2016. I have no doubts about that. Uh, if Conor McGregor has the belt, he'll be fighting him. If Aldo has the belt, he'll be fighting him. There's, if Max there's Holloway people. has the belt, which he will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if if Bektic fought Cub Swanson at the moment, I'd take Bektic. I'd take him over. Uh, I'd take him over uh, Bermudez. I'd take him over Holloway. No. I would. I would. Bold call. I think that he's... will hang on you, Sean. I'll remember that. Yeah, Max I think Holloway if... is going to be the champion of that division as soon as Connor moves up and Aldo moves up or Aldo retires. Yeah, are you fucking serious? Connor's not going to 155. You're crack blah, blah. cocaine or something. Yeah. Max Holloway is going to be. Max Holloway would be the champion of that. Like Max, Ho- Max Holloway is definitely going to be champion at 145. I have no doubt in my mind Max Holloway will rule that division once the two individuals named Jose Aldo and Connor McGregor have left it. In fucking and even then, on the PlayStation Four, maybe. Even then, but I'm an Xbox One man. Go fuck yourself. Even, <laughs> even then, give Max Holloway two years. Give Jose Aldo two years of depreciation, and Max Holloway finishes Jose Aldo. Oh Jesus! You, <laughs> oh come on! I am serious. Oh god! Jose Aldo would have to be in his fucking wheelchair for Max Holloway to be him. Not Jose a Aldo's hope. on his way to the wheelchair. <laughs> There's not a hope. Not a hope. Ah, it'll be ex- it'll be exciting to watch it uh, play out anyway. Um, okay, we'll move on to this weekend's card. Okay, might not be the worst UFC card in, in history. But Wait, there's a UFC possible. this weekend. There is, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the worst card, but it's maybe my least favorite ever. It's just Jesus. Tim Boch versus Dan Anderson is headlining. <laughs> Combined age of seventy-eight. I saw Jordan Breen yesterday tweet. Uh, wish happy birthday to the Nogueira brothers. They turned seventy-two yesterday. <laughs> Both Nogueiras added together. Oh, uh, nice! Oh, added together. They look like they're that age. <laughs> but uh, Henderson and Botch, how excited are you for this? Who's gonna win? Hopefully, Dan Henderson retires after brutally knocking out Tim Botch. That'd be a good way for him to go out, all right. And I'd love to see that, but. I think it's going to be the exact opposite. I think he's going to lose, and I think he's not going to retire. Uh, I heard someone saying this is the last fight in his contract, but I actually I don't. I'm not sure if that's correct. I think he signed a new contract a while ago. Jeez, oh, this like watching a bit of tape on this fight. It's just, it was just really fucking depressing. Um, 
Tim Bosch is coming towards the end of his time too. He's a lot younger than Dan Henderson, but Dan Henderson's obviously an outlier. He's he's been fighting for so long. Like if you look at his last few fights, lost to Gegard Mousasi, got knocked out. Lost to Daniel Cormier, got choked out and got the shit beat out of him. He beat uh, Shogun Hua, but he was getting the shit beat out of him. He landed lucky shot and he finished it with like twelve illegal shots. Knocked out by Vitor Belfort and. Uh, he lost to Rashad Evans and Leona Machida before that. Like, Dan Anderson is going nowhere but retirement, and I'm not sure why he's still fighting. I don't know why Dana White isn't having one of these BJ Pin chats with him and one of these Chocolate Dell chats with him. For years. Sorry for the typing there. Someone was okay. wrong on the internet. As they always are. But Dan Anderson was known for years, and correctly, as having a great chin. Just an unbelievable chin. But that's, it's gone. It really is gone. Uh, Vitor knocked him out as I said Lioto had him really hard Musasi knocked him out with with a half thrown punch really that, like Dan Henderson isn't what he was I could, I, I can see Tim Boch knocking him out Tim Boch is one of these guys that like he could wait for he could, like it's a fucking five round fight which is just going to be it's just depressing if it goes if it goes past two or three um, Henderson's just going to load up with a at Boch and he's so slow that Borch is going to be able to, to uh, get out the way of it and then Henderson will tire. I could see Borch land the one the third or fourth round and knocking him out, which is going to be a bit depressing as well. Like, Dan Henderson was an elite level fighter. Like, he was a pride, concurrent two division pride champion. He was a, he beat Fedor Emelian Inca. He was a strike force champion. And, like, to see him jobbing it against a guy like Tim Borch is a bit sad. I just, I wish he was retired. Uh, like, I'd, I have no interest in seeing this fight happen. The fact that it's, the fact that it's uh, headlining UFC is a fucking insult to everyone. Like to Louisiana, exactly. To the infamous like, Smoothie King Center. Yeah, what the fuck is that about? But there are some <laughs> but, interesting fights in this card. I'm yeah. really excited to see Dustin Poirier at lightweight against Yancy Medeiros. Me too. I think it's going to be a great win. fight. And Francisco oh. Rivera against Bruce Leroy, I think, is going to be a pretty good fight as well. Yeah, that'll be a good fight. Uh, Rotwell Dimitrion shouldn't be bad either. I think that's the real main event, to be honest. Um, Rotwell is one of these dangerous guys. Mitrion is kind of a guy who will try to avoid the power and kind of uh, be at, use his athleticism to win the fight, uh, which should be an interesting, when you get a Styles uh, matchup like that, it should be pretty interesting. Yeah, but that Paria Medeiros fight is, is, uh, is going to be really good. Yancey, the OG. He's going to put it up to Dustin, I think. I think uh, I think Medeiros will knock him out, to be honest. Um, Rivera against Caceres. Caceres is one of those guys who takes a lot of damage. I think Rivera was beating Uriah Faber in his last fight until he got the eye poked out of his face. So yeah, I think uh, that'll be a good fight as well. But um, can I just? <coughs> uh, I was just flicking through Wikipedia there, and we will talk about it much more next week. Two things: the Aldo McGregor poster is brilliant. Have you seen it? Um, it's Aldo with the Brazilian oh, flag McGregor with the Irish oh, yeah. flag Lawler with the American and Rory with the Canadian Yeah, and it's yeah. fucking class but did you see some of the fights that have been added to this card Matt Brown, <laughs> Tim Means Mike Swick, yeah. Alex Garcia Brandon Thatch and John Howard uh-huh. Thomas Almeida, Brad Pickett Bermudez Murder. and Stevens fuck me that's going to be a stacked card from top to bottom that, uh, that murder though is with John's it's going to play down the card a little bit where there's a murder on live television when Thomas Almeida fights Brad Pickett. It's going to be a bit sad. It's, it, that's literally going to be... 
it's going to be like Freddy Krueger or something. He's just going to absolutely murder him. Brad Pickett. Connor's Brad, a big fan of Brad Pickett. He is, but I'm a big fan of Brad Pickett. I love his style. I, but he's, going to, he's just going to get killed. Like Thomas Almeida is going to murder him. Murder him. I don't know. Brad Pickett is one of those guys. Never been finished, apart from submissions. Oh, wait, no. He was. Finished he in was. the second fight, TKO. Yeah. Did Hinnom did Hinnom Barrow fight him as well? Did he finish him? Hinnom Barrow Barrow is a monster. Oh, he subbed him. Yeah, but McDonald subbed him as well. Pickett is is a good fighter. He's an exciting guy, but Thomas Almeida is a different beast. He's gonna just murder him. Yeah, but it's a great card. I tell you what, thanks to uh, McGregor Industries. You know the way Connor spoke with Ariel about wanting to be in association with. Yeah. For um. For all of his for his his future fights, yeah, I should say has. Let me just make sure before I say this. He can keep thinking about that anyway. So. No, yeah, I know that. <laughs> look at that. He's he's fought on a. Shogun Sonnen Connor was on it. He fought in Dublin, and I thought he fought in a. UFC one seventy eight. Yeah, I thought he fought. No, I thought that as well. I thought he fought on the Sweden card, but it was the Gustafsson. Uh, Thiago Silva. That f- yeah. Uh, that, that was the card he was on. It wasn't the Conor McGregor Sweden card. Never mind. We actually we have a good segue there. We'll get into the questions. We got a good question. We're on we're on the subject of um. Before the questions, because we are running out of time. Go on. Uh, no battle zone official preview. Oh yeah. This myself and Stephen Lowry will be doing an in depth full card analysis of battle zone. Just as a as a shout out to the card in general, um. If you're an MMA fan in any shape or form and you're in Dublin, you need to be at this fight, this event. It's in the Regency Hotel this Saturday. The doors open at half six. Andy Ryan is going out on a limb here and in my opinion, he needs as much support as he can get in the venue. He's putting on pro fights. Johnny Dargan versus Carl Roach for the uh, heavyweight title. Paul Lawrence versus Victor Ascontremus. Gavin Kelly against Darren O'Gorman. That is going to be a ridiculous ridiculously good fight I think Darren O'Gorman is going to beat him to be honest and I'm a big fan of Gavin Kelly then we have a four man amateur tournament for the uh, 145 belt Alexander Os- Alex O'Sullivan Owen Drumgool Reese McKee and Valdrum Libishtani my boy no offence intended Owen Drumgool no matter who he gets put up against in that fight in that tournament is in for a bad night uh, Decky McAleenan was supposed to be in that tournament I think Alex O'Sullivan Decky McAleenan Reese McKee and Valdrum Libishtani maybe interchange any one of those guys with Tommy Martin and you've got the best 145 amateurs in the country Drumgula is a good fighter I've seen him fight before uh, I think all of his fights I've actually seen and he's in a serious shape for 145 he's getting there but I think throwing him in against guys like Valdrum and Reese and Alex is just a little too much too soon then we have uh, Aaron Maguire versus Dylan Took. Dylan's been going on on Facebook about it's it's his arrival and stuff like that that he's the biggest 61 fighter in, in the country Aaron Maguire is no joke and to be honest I think it's going to be Aaron that's going to take that victory uh, Dylan Manning versus Keena Rocked Richie Smullen Alexander Yankov Fabio Vitti one of Irish MMA's longest serving fighters it seems is fighting Daryl Clark um, and just an absolute great card as well Richie Stack is on it Jerry Smith from Team Towers, Sean Paul Power, Daniel Morrison from Evolve. Genuinely, a call to action. This is going to be an absolutely fantastic night of mixed martial arts. The Regency Hotel, doors open at half six and the first fight kicks off at half seven. Severe and May will be there and Sean, 
tell the people what they're in for with my suit it's fresh it's fresh isn't it I've seen, I've seen pictures it's the it's the kind of two-toned one is it yes from, yeah. from the wedding from Sebastian Tars's wedding beautiful beautiful suit you oh. get a few uh, fashion tips off Andrew if you go there and watch my boy Valdrum Lubashani and I bought my oh, boy Valdrum. I love him he's my favourite I'm so glad that he's back yeah. um, I'm, I also got a fresh new pair of new balances for the weekend nice. are you going to wear them under your suit oh yeah I, I like ah. them Come on. Ripper, Ariel how, Ripper. That's all you that are. How's that an Ariel Ripper? That's all you are. You're only a Ripper. How's that? And people, people giving off about me in the black suit. Uh, oh, funeral suit with runners. What's that about? <laughs> it's not a funeral suit. It's black jeans and a suit jacket. It just looks like a full suit in pictures because it's two black items of clothes. They are jeans and a suit jacket. Okay. And I am. I, I hate proper shoes and if you want to get into it Ariel doesn't wear runners with a suit anymore because Fox either won't let him or he doesn't do it anymore because I've seen him do the preview shows live in person and he has suit shoes on him he sold out for network television I think I hit a nerve there today I will be wearing runners on VT Sport <laughs> that's all I'm saying and, oh, breaking hashtag breaking news I'm actually going to edit that out <laughs> <laughs> okay. can't say anything Okay, we'll get on to the question, so. We were talking about Aldon I mean, McGregor. sorry. I will be wearing runners if I ever make it onto VT Sport. <laughs> Go on. Uh, on Aldon McGregor, we have from Fraser, which is a great, great question. Great question. I saw it. If you were Aldo, how would you prepare for McGregor? <laughs> I'd drop a dumbbell on my foot. <laughs> Come on. Uh, right. Go on. It's tough. Like, really? What? How do you prepare for someone like that? Maybe you get as many guys in to mimic Connor's style. Maybe you try take an approach out of his book and go in, try and disconnect yourself. Work extensively, maybe with a sports psychologist to be able to disconnect yourself emotionally. Because Aldo seems an emotional guy. Aldo seems like he's going to be fired up for this fight. You disrespect Brazil, you disrespect me, all of that stuff. He can't go into a fight with Conor McGregor like that. So many people have done it like... Dennis Seaver, the only man that's fought Conor McGregor that didn't go in, in my opinion, in somewhat way annoyed with him. And it's just that Dennis Seaver did not have the skill or ability to be able to put it up to Conor and capitalise on the fact that he wasn't emotionally invested in it. Dennis, uh, Dustin Poirier beats Dennis Seaver nine and a half times out of ten if they fight. But the fact that he was so riled up and so wanted to kill Conor McGregor in that fight is what lost him the fight as quickly as he lost it I think Jose Aldo needs to come in and be completely disconnected from the fight he needs to hit Connor really hard really fast with a couple of leg kicks um, and open him up the video as we spoke about last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago in the podcast about Aldo boxing with the Cuban Olympic boxing team is phenomenal I've never seen Jose Aldo's hands look as good in any fight in the UFC that's his key to victory I think that not getting uh, completely engrossed and into the whole Conor McGregor day and uh, the whole Conor McGregor show that's what that's the only way I think Aldo has a chance I disagree Oh, I, I think he needs to embrace it I think he needs to go mad I think he needs to go forward I think he needs to attack Conor McGregor I think that's how he'll beat him I think I think Jose Aldo's best when he walks a guy down runs yeah. at him swinging and I think that's how he'll beat Conor McGregor because I think like if you saw that Paria fight Poirier landed a couple of shots on McGregor. He knocked out his tooth with one of those shots. He landed flush straight in the face twice. I think if Aldo can do that, uh, he has a, he's a great chance of winning it. I think that's I think that's his best um, best method of victory. 
I think if he stands back and lets Conor McGregor attack him, if he if he's too cool about it, I think McGregor will lead him up. And but obviously McGregor is a very good counter puncher, but I think he's better when he's on the attack. Um, <coughs> it, uh, see, it's a tough fight either way. Whatever you do, obviously when you're fighting elite guys like McGregor. You're either How like, cool is it that we can say an Irish person yeah. is an elite fighter? It's great. Does that yeah. not just feel a little bit weird? Yeah, it does. As well, like yeah. I know Marcus Davis is the original Irish MMA pioneer. <laughs> Shout out to Super Callow. Yeah, what a man! Great, man. <laughs> I am a hero. Yeah. Was but, he actually sued by the UFC, or is that all bullshit? Uh, I think they had his they had his UG page taken down or something, or his Twitter page. While ago. I don't know. It could be all like, like he's just he's a troll account, obviously, but it's hilarious. But yeah, the thing about this fight, I think it, I have to watch the more and I give my official pick on the on the week of the fight as I as I always do. But this could become a battle of power shots, and that just makes for a fucking fascinating fight because McGregor hits hard and Aldo hits hard, and if Aldo walks him down, he'll he'll try to hit McGregor hard, and McGregor try to counter him and hit him hard as well, which makes for just an unbelievable fight. Two guys standing in the pocket trading bombs. I think that I really think that could happen. We could be in for a fight of the year here, but it's hard to know how long it'll go if that happens as well. Like, both guys have good chins, but both guys have such good knockout power that if they get if they connect enough times, like nobody's chin is going to stand up to it. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Aldo does need to walk him down. I think that's his his best uh, his you best think Aldo could take kill McGregor. I, uh, yeah. I, I'm not saying this in the oh, sort of way. I'm saying in the sort of sense that Aldo is a tough, tough bastard and a very, very hard hitter. But I think his uh, power in his kicks are vastly stronger than his power in his hands. When I was talking uh, about him in yeah. the, with the Cuban boxers, I mean his technique and his speed and his quickness was what was most impressive. Jose Aldo has never overly struck me as a ridiculously good, like, one shot and you're down sort of power puncher I'm not saying that he wouldn't be able to tag Connor a couple of times and per- perhaps hurt him and get him down but we've now seen Connor being tagged That the only question mark that remains around Connor McGregor in my opinion is the wrestling and so many people are going to keep bringing that up and that's fair enough but I think Connor has been tested enough times and been hit enough times in fights for us to say that one shot isn't going to land flush and put him down on one knee or finish him uh has he though? How many times has he been... Diego Brando did hit him. Dennis yeah. Seaver hit him. And Parier hit him. And I think... I'm not saying... Oh, I don't think they hit him with their best shots. Like. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But when you can't... like Connor wasn't going to stand there with his chin forward and say, go on, take one there. You're, you're yeah. going to need it. Exactly. Uh, like, it's not a knock on McGregor. Like, if they did hit him with their best shot, he could have he uh, set up that we just don't know because they didn't really do it. Um, but that's a yeah, it's a fair point. I think Aldo, you're correct what you say about the one punch knockout power isn't really there. But I think what Aldo is, he's quick as enough. I said, when he go yeah, when he goes forward, he lands like three or four punches. He's great at landing combinations of hooks. And I think that's what could knock someone down. You saw it against Chad Mendes, like he had him all but knocked out, and was it the second round when he did that? So the power is definitely there, as you say. His kicks are obviously unbelievably powerful as well. Um, this is a lot different fight than Aldo's recent fights. Look, like if you see that Mendes fight, uh, Lamas, uh, who else? Frankie Edgar, even Mark Hominick and guys like they were all trying to take him down and make it a kind of a boring fight. It's wrestlers Aldo has been fighting all along, apart from maybe Chan Sung Jung. Um, 
But McGregor won't be like that. McGregor's going to be a different fight. This is going to be a fight that takes place on the feet mostly, unless Aldo gets him down. But uh, yeah, we'll obviously talk more about it when it, when it comes up. But it's just going to be so good. Aldo, as I said, if I was uh, if I was Judge Aldo, I'd be trying to walk on McGregor down. I wouldn't be standing back letting him attack me. Connor's more dangerous in my opinion as a counter fighter than he is as a fighter going mm-hmm. forward and I think you're right in that we're going to have pretty extensive talks about this fight over the next yeah. couple of weeks uh, have we got any more questions? we do, we do. Uh, from Brian Masterson over on Twitter do you think Diego Sanchez will be able to make a title run at featherweight and if he what? Can he get down Diego to Sanchez is going to featherweight can he get down to featherweight yeah he's talking about it no chance do you think he can even make though I don't think he can I ever think make he can. A, well then again, Alan Philpot makes 61 kilos. So, well, he has made 61 kilos. And he, at the minute, he told me he's 77 kilos at the minute uh, after his last fight. And uh, spoiler alert, I'm competing in a tournament on Sunday in Next Generation's gym. And I'm going to enter whatever division Alan Philpot's in. Oh! Just, just for the laugh. Gone out the Bama European no. champion. Uh, or he's not, he lost that fight, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, just for the laugh. Because Reese McKee, I'd like to grapple Reese McKee and Andy Young, but Reese is fighting the night before, and I don't. I think Andy might be taking a wee break now since he's had a couple of fights fall through. But uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm gonna enter the under eighty division. I weigh sixty seven kilos. Nice. Couple more just before we go. Sorry. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, on that, I don't think there's any way Diego Sanchez in a healthy way makes one forty five. Yeah, I think he's killing himself to make one fifty five. So yeah, he must want I, the McGregor fight. He must be broke. What, he's broke. He is. Uh, John Balf asked in a couple of parts basically it's about Norman Park we spoke about the decision it was totally wrong he also asked about fighting in Brazil again Norman Park said he'll never fight in Brazil again do you think that's a wise decision or like, yeah. will that even happen will the UFC make him fight there or I don't think just I think Norman Park has a good enough case to turn around to the UFC if they offered him a fight in Brazil and say look I've like I've fought in quite a lot of places for the UFC it's good he, he he said himself that he wanted to go around and fight in as many places as possible at the start but now I think Norman is well within his rights to turn around to the UFC and say look I'd rather not fight in Brazil yeah. fair enough you want me to fight this guy I'll fight this guy anywhere but I'm not fighting him in Brazil definitely um, two last questions so this question is from Alan at AJK underscore Dublin and our good friend friend of the podcast Will Martin MMA um the, basically, the Brazil attendance we kind of alluded to at the start of the podcast was Recession, very bad. Bro. After and on the same week that the Glasgow card sold out, I I kind of mentioned it on Twitter, and the question the lads asked the questions here: Should more cards be brought to Europe rather than the Americas, Brazil and America? There's lots of cards happening there, and very few in Europe. It's places like Finland, uh, the Netherlands, uh, uh, even Ireland, wait, England, is it, is all it looking for cards. Who's the guy that goes to every UFC, UFC European event yeah, and asks, fin- is it Finland or is it yeah, another fin- event, another country I'm thinking of? No, it's Finland, alright, yeah, it's Finland. God, that guy's so annoying. Yeah. But, like. Then again, I was that guy for years. Yeah, you were. The Texas guy. But like, I think they should. I really think they need, like, you're going to sell out events over here. If you put one on in Finland, you'll sell it out. If you put one on in Manchester or London, you'll probably sell it out as well. Like, England haven't had an event in fucking two years. Like, it's scandalous. I think uh, the last attendance was at Manchester was wasn't that great. The UFC in Europe, I think they're like they're over reliant on certain areas. They're like, 
we know Dublin's going to be so good, so we're not going to give it a yearly event. We know Manchester, we know the UK always does relatively well, so you don't have to focus on that thing. Because the UFC are currently limiting maybe the amount of EMEA events, whether it's due to the, not the right television deals in place, I know that Dave Allen has, is hoping, and the UFC European team, I believe, are hoping for at least uh, six to eight events next year as well. And hopefully it does happen. I completely agree. Three and a half thousand people in Brazil at the weekend compared to 10,000 last year. Um, you can say whatever about it being a recession. If, if you know there's a recession in a bad local economy, don't bring your event there. Exactly. I, I like, think the UFC may be obligated to do so many events in Brazil. Same way we're talking about television yeah, deals. I think there is something going on. Global. Yeah, global. that they need to do so many Brazilian events and that's fair enough as long as whenever it comes around to the renegotiation period that Europe is considered for more of these events is the whole it, the whole buzz it's because it's going to Scotland for the first time that's fair enough I accept that completely um, would a Scottish like UFC Dublin could easily be an annual event in my opinion there yeah, are 9,500 seats in the three, 3 arena is fine yeah exactly and we were doing shows as well like uh, Lamas and Mendes which was on in the morning like you could do that somewhere here like why was that on in America why was that not on in Finland or the Netherlands or somewhere during the day and you, you could have had it um, you Again, could have had it on at the same time television deals and red tape uh, as far as I know the UFC always always want a distribution method locally whenever they go to somewhere that was the whole thing that they're celebrating about Brazil or about Berlin that even though people aren't going nuts about the card in Berlin and people are unhappy about it um, the fact that it's not banned on television anymore is a massive thing for the UFC over there. Yeah, true. Okay, last question. Um, what from Shane Guyon at G U I H E N ninety three on Twitter? What potential matchup in the last quarter of this year excites you the most? He thinks that uh, Cruz versus Dillashaw could happen. It'd be awesome. What do you think? Uh, to be honest, considering it looks like it is going to happen, not going to happen until then. Um, Chris Weidman and Luke Rockhold in New York towards the end of the year is the one that I'd be looking forward to the most yeah I don't know there's a couple of there's a couple of like you don't know what's going to happen there's a couple of curves maybe that we could see yeah. for all we know Conor McGregor could be fighting like he said in New York and um, Conor from that interview as well with Ariel has obviously been told that his next fight will not be in, in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, and he was fairly saying that, uh, but I do still want to do it sort of thing. And when you think about it, Connor's going to make so much money in this next fight. My prediction for the whole thing is that by the time he's retiring, Connor will have beaten uh, the Brock Lesnar UFC mm. 100 pay-per-view buy. Oh, uh, the maybe, amount of numbers? Maybe not by himself, not by himself. But maybe Conor McGregor fighting for a belt with Ronda Rousey, the co-main event. I think those two together. Give it 12 months. Give it 16 months. Give it 18 months. 24 months, whatever. I think those two together have the potential. Or maybe if the UFC super stacks something like UFC 200. Chris Weidman, Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey. That can, I think that can be... And it doesn't matter how he does it or if he does it by himself or if he's part of those three guys the fact that if Connor is on a pay-per-view that beats that record you're never going to hear the fucking end of it give me, give me some of that Kool-Aid there look you know, honest to God do you not think Ronda no. Rousey Chris Weidman Connor McGregor yeah we're living in a different world than we are in, in UFC a, 100 in a time, UFC 100 is a different beast you're not, 
their pay-per-view bodies like that don't exist anymore in, in the UFC. I don't like... I, I think Al McGregor's a huge like star. UFC 154 or UFC uh, 201 or 251 or something like that. UFC 200 is they're going to go all out on it. Maybe. And Maybe. I think that could be the area that that could be the time for them to strike on it. If they're ever going to be able to get close to that number from before, it has to be at a historic number like 200. I don't. I don't think so. Hopefully, hopefully. But I don't think so. my fight that I look, I'm looking forward to in the last quarter, which I think is going to happen. Daniel Cormier against John Jones. Think they're going to let John Jones back out that quick? Yeah, probably. I think he'll be back New Year's Eve. I think Cormier might fight once before that. Could see him fighting. Well, no, maybe. I don't know. It'll be hard, but we'll see what happens with John Jones' court case and stuff. I don't like. I, I don't. Sean Sheen was getting thing. all pissy yesterday on Twitter about people going nuts about the John Jones footage. Ah, for fuck's sake! That drove me insane. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus! Oh, he condoms in his car. Listen to, listen to the, yeah. the police. Can, oh can my we God! Just get this You're out fucking of the way, out then. three weeks ago. What the fuck? I think I spoke about this before, and this might make me the worst person in history. But the what? fact that John Jones is banging young ones in his car and they found condoms <laughs> oh, in his car. Allegedly, allegedly. Right, oh. okay, allegedly doing all of that <laughs> shit. Like, what a player. He's the ultimate alpha male. He's one of the best fighters to ever live. Doesn't give a shit about it. And he's still that good. And do you know what he does in his spare time? He dry allegedly drives around, taking <laughs> hits, banging young ones. Fair play it. Agreed. Agreed. You're a scumbag for doing it under the influence of driving and yeah. allegedly uh, causing bodily harm to someone like that. But In what a player. Like, oh my. He's like, people love Vincent Chase in the Entourage movie and Ari Gold and stuff like that. John Jones is the exact same as one of those characters, only in real life. Why doesn't John Jones get someone like Isaac Fally Flag or something or one of those guys at Jackson's to be his personal driver? Like, one of those guys could do with a bit of money. Like, Trump. Hugo Sanchez is going to need that money in a couple of months. Exactly, exactly. Trump will grab the money yeah, drive you around. He can well afford that. <sighs> Get Diego Sanchez a bit, a bit of a, an old job there. Come on. Do John Jones. John Jones. Help your teammates out. I've definitely um, alienated. I de load of people hate me after that comment. Remember <laughs> last <laughs> You had Albuquerque as well. You were giving out about it a few weeks ago as well. What? Yeah. Yeah, you were saying it was a party gym. Do you remember that? Oh, well, allegedly it is, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Oh, we're back to using that favourite word. That's brilliant. I actually used it in my article this week. It'll be out there today, tomorrow, whenever. Yesterday. Oh, yeah. the, pod uh, well, the podcast will be out tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. It is Wednesday now. It is half five in the afternoon, and I am uh, getting ready to leave for training. Sean, what's your plans for the rest of the day? <sighs> I have to go to work for a couple of hours. Um, finish my article... Um, I'm just By the way, what was that dinner you there. had earlier on? Bit of bacon torn up in the I was trying to, I was trying to figure. It looked either like salmon or bacon or gammon. I wasn't sure what it was. No, it was bacon. Yeah, delicious. Well then, I had a, I had a, I had a salad. It was, nice. I don't know why. I've um, I've been pressured into eating salads and lifting weights. No harm. I'm getting ready for the MMA debut. You know it. You know it. It's going to happen. You wait Hello. and see. There's enough people in Ireland that want to see me get my head kicked in. I might as well try and make a little bit of ticket sales off it while we're at it. Exactly. Um, any other gossip coming up, Sean? I think we're, we're about one, one hour and six minutes, give or take. So we, uh, we have about two minutes to kill, if, if you want. If you want to um, gossip. Brandon Flowers' album, did you get it? Have you heard no, it? I haven't heard it yet. It's, um, 
class. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see him that time we played a while ago. Uh, I have heard one song off it because when you put Brandon Flowers into Spotify, one of the uh, new singles is off it. Uh, do you know what I'll actually do right now? I will what? open my Spotify, I will save the playlist, and I will listen to it in the car on the way to training. Yeah, it's actually very good. Like, it's one of those albums you have to listen to it maybe two or three times before you really appreciate it, but there's a lot of good songs. Like, the last couple of Killers albums, they weren't as good as the old ones, but this is like... This is like a 90s dan or a 90s kind of pop album. How good. good is Hot Fuss as an album? Can we just talk uh, about that for a minute? Best album ever made? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I would. Either that or Samstown, in fairness. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, no, I can two. remember the press before <laughs> Samstown when they yeah. tried to say it was the best album of the last 20 years. Oh, it was like, a good like, album. Oh, like, look, I, ah, I probably on. should have a stronger opinion on this considering I present a radio show, a music show. But uh, I'm not like Fight Like Apes are one of my favourite bands I went to see them a while ago And their recent album Which is just called Fight Like Apes Is probably one of the first albums That I've listened to in its entirety In a long long time I had to install an app on my Xbox To be able to play a CD Which is ridiculous in itself That a 400 and something euro console Can't play a CD as soon as you put it in I don't even think there's something A device in my room That can play CDs apart from it My laptop is the only thing yeah, I have um, I have a massive CD collection in my room, and I just don't have CDs, CD players. The world has changed, Andrew. What? The world has changed. It has. It's all Spotify now. I never wouldn't use that shit at all. I think I might actually share my Spotify playlist with the world soon enough. Uh, could probably. I keep getting screenshots and snapshots of people. Do you know on your Spotify tracker when it comes up what you're listening to? I yeah. was listening to Power Ballads last week and I got about three oh, Snapchats nice. from my friends. It's like, you're listening to Cindy Lauper. I'm like, of course Sweet. I'm listening to Cindy Lauper. Get a grip of yourself. Anyway, um, thank you very much as always for listening to the last hour and a little bit of our inane ramblings. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us as always, at Andrew McGahan underscore on Twitter, at Sean Sheehan BA, or at Severe MMA for all things um, Related. I believe there is going to be a little announcement on Severe MMA in the next week or two. Uh, it's going to look a little bit different. It's going to feel a little bit different. It's going to sound a little bit different. And it looks absolutely brilliant. I don't know when it's happened. You've seen it, haven't you? I've seen it, yeah. It's nice, brilliant. isn't it? Brilliant. Big changes and good changes as well. Good changes. Also, also, let us know. Would you buy a Severe MMA t-shirt? People, people are already looking for them. People I, I, and mugs. Yeah. I got choked by Pete's Carroll t-shirt. That, those are the next ones coming. What? T-shirts just, I got choked by Pete's Carroll. Oh yeah, that story. <laughs> we'll have to get Pete's on. That is one of my favourite severe MMA stories of all time. Before we go, before we go, Peter Carroll, ale- well he choked out. Uh, are you, hold on, are you, allowed, are you allowed to tell the story now? Before you I, I can just say some of it. Uh, I won't say who the guy was affiliated to yeah. to protect Peter Carroll. But this this, <laughs> this alleged uh, phenom prospect whatever in jiu-jitsu John Smith we'll call him to protect his anonymity uh, challenged Peter Carroll said no I think we just called him John Smith uh, oh. Pizzi put him in a guillotine because this guy claimed he would get out of Gunner's guillotine and Peter may or may not have choked him unconscious at like 5 o'clock in the morning and that is the reason I have a black Jacko hoodie because he left it in our hotel room. No harm. All, all's well that ends well. All's well that ends well, and I stay warm. Sean, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go. I have to collect someone in about five minutes' time round at the local Lidl. Um, until then, see you next week.